0: How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases To tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful i'm taylor McGilvery. join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives we're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs we're exploring how these advancements touch lives reshape communities and pave the way for a brighter future subscribe to new wave on your favorite platform be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions. We're finding answers.
1: Come on! Come on!
2: God, this thing's heavy.
1: There he is. All my years of research have led me to you. To awaken you from your deep, deep slumber. And with these words, I raise you from your sleep. Your podcast really isn't that good. (coughs) But it's season two. of this great nation, welcome to the most exc to, to the funny well it, it's a show about mental health and it's in its second season, so there's uh there's something to write home about. What's going on guys? I'm your host Kyle Moore. Welcome back. Season two of Life's a Wreck. Oh, it feels so good to be here. Six weeks. We took off from October 18th. It's now November 29th. Wait, he took time off from making podcasts? Six weeks to get ready for season two to, to revamp Life's a Wreck. Uh, to get ready to really dive into the storytelling aspect of mental health. I, I just, I, I cannot, you know, express how much it means to, to have had the support over the past six six, you know, weeks. People reaching out, telling me that they're excited for season two. It, uh, you know, mom, it really does mean the world. I really appreciate oh, that. Thank uh, you. yeah, It's going to be a long one. Going into season two, I did want to kind of recap a couple of little uh, changes that are going to be happening. In season one, I talked solely about men's mental health. That was the, the focus of season one. Um, and the reason being is because when I approach mental health, I look through the lens of men's mental health. And that's the perspective that I'm going to continue to relay my experience through. But during my time off, I've talked to so many people, so many incredible, amazing individuals. And I've learned that we can take so much through storytelling and shared experiences with others. And that's what's brought us here to season two. So what is season two going to look like? Well, it's going to be a biweekly podcast focused on the storytelling aspect of men's mental health. And what does that mean? Well, I've always been interested in the mental side of life. Um, And I guess since it's season two, I wanted to give you a quick recap on who I am for any new listeners I might have had or for anyone who's forgotten about me in the past six weeks. Yeah, so recap for everyone, give her. Um, For those of you who don't know, my name is Kyle Moore. I'm a student, uh, obviously a podcaster, uh, actor, and someone whose life has been influenced at times pretty heavily uh, by mental health. When I was 16, so in grade 11, uh, I was diagnosed with anxiety and OCD. But these were things that I've dealt with literally since I can remember. Um, In my childhood, if I didn't tell my family goodnight, love you, see you in the morning, I couldn't sleep and I'd be convinced that I was not going to see them in the morning. I can't sleep unless I check my closet uh, and under my bed before I go to sleep. I'm not going to tell you at what age that stopped. Yeah, fun fact, uh, trick question. It actually never stopped. <laughs> Kids are a mess. And I have a bit of an OCD trait where I'm very tactile. So when I sit around, um, I'll roll paper in my hands or I'll finish fidget with my fingers. Um, my leg bounces up and down. I'm constantly moving. And uh, yeah, you know, just uh, a couple little fun facts about me. So, that, you know, there's a couple examples of how mental health has always been a part of who I am. And that took me a long time to come to grips with. Uh, you know, I grew up in a small town where mental health wasn't really talked about. Uh, I felt very alone and secluded when uh when I was kind of going through the the darker parts of uh of my mental health journey um, But as I became more comfortable with the fact that mental health was a part of you know this a, a part of me part of this this beautiful beautiful package that is Kyle Moore. I became more interested in the world of mental health as a whole and how other people experience mental health because mental health, um, you know, it's not just mental illness. Mental health is in everything we do. It's in relationships. It's in how we handle stressful situations. It's our goals and how we, we strive for things that we want. It's, you know, it's in everything we do. So I created this podcast and now it's going into its second season and I wanted to start diving into more specific aspects of life that mental health plays a role in that mental health influences. Uh maybe some things that you aren't used to thinking about from a mental standpoint. So you know when I proposed this idea I had thousands Thousands. Really? Okay, I had like hundreds of people. Ah, that doesn't sound right either. Tens of people thought that... Oh, we're getting a little closer. Okay, more than one person got back to me saying that they, you know, liked it and that they, you know, okay, that they might listen, you know, which is good enough for me. So that being said, let's get into season two. In August of 2019, a couple weeks before the NFL regular season started, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, one of the generational quarterbacks that we've seen in the past 10 years, decided that he didn't want to be an NFL quarterback anymore. He announced his retirement in a press conference saying that he had lost his love for football. Andrew had been dealing with injuries his entire career and even though he was one of the toughest quarterbacks out there, one of the most talented quarterbacks to touch the field any given Sunday, he cited that he just lost his love for football he couldn't keep coming back from all these injuries as a massive football fan and someone who cares about the world of mental health like this had a huge impact on me I, I honestly couldn't believe that seeing one of the players that I'd seen for the last 10 years absolutely tear it up who was the wonder kid incumbent after uh after Peyton Manning left the Colts if he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns you're like yeah you know it's a good Sunday for Andrew Luck this was a guy who was widely regarded as one of the nicest guys in the NFL. There's so many viral videos out there of him getting absolutely destroyed in the pocket. A linebacker just blitzing through and creaming the guy. And he would always kind of have this little chuckle and, you know, good tackle, man. Good tackle, bud. Always help up his you know, his teammates, other, t- other team's linemen. This guy looked like the purest football player on and off the field. And for him to cite a lack of love, for him to cite kind of mental turbulations as being the reason why he was retiring from football honestly it really you know as a football fan myself as someone who who loves sports it really shook me to my core so I thought where is the relationship between mental health and football and that's what I wanted to look into today and where better to start this talk than on the greatest coast of Canada the east coast with one of my best friends Alistair Nicholson you got me too he is. hey what's up even man? though this guy only played one year of high school football he was an absolute standout and was recruited to holland college and pei to play receiver for the holland college hurricanes after his tenure with the hurricanes alistair transitioned his love for sports and football into a videography company all eyes east that focuses on bringing attention to athletic talent on the east coast and he also helps kids get discovered by coaches and collegiate sport programs I figured he would be the perfect guy to start this conversation with. And admittedly, after uh, some pleasantries and talking about our incredible Movember looks and who could blame him. I'm trying to figure out who you look like with stash. I might go the stash. I might go the full Gardner Minshew. That's what I'm thinking. If it looks good, we might just leave it. We finally got into it. Yeah, that's the thing. There's been so much like just athletes in general. And like in season two, I want to take some time to like sit down with athletes and really talk about like this process. yeah the 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 fact
2: that no one actually knows what it's like to be a professional athlete they can just sit back and be like oh this guy's this and that this guy thinks this oh they're getting paid this much money they shouldn't be complaining it's like no that's not how it works they're they they are getting paid because of their talent and because of their skill which is one in millions of people they're one of the best athletes in the entire world they are getting paid for that but they still have their own issues and their own concerns and
1: well, they're athletes, but I mean, they're also, like, they're people, right?
2: Yeah, they're, they're people, <laughs> and, they're, and they're, they're people on the biggest stage that get a lot of attention, a lot of people who can, are gonna fire back at whatever they do, so it's, it's shitty for them that they gotta, yeah. you know, put up with that, but.
1: Uh, I think we'll start off with just this general concept. Um, when I kind of first, like, reached out to you, and I said, mental health and football, where was kind of, like, the first place that your mind went?
2: I guess like football comes with a lot of a lot of um, I don't want to say ego, but it become it comes down because everyone kind of has their own their own way of playing football. Whether it's like they're trying to get to the next level, or whether they're trying to just do it for fun, or whether they're just uh, it's it's for something. It's like a lot of people. It's just for them to like escape and you know, just to play to the sport that they love. Well, I mean, and it's, it's different from my perspective versus someone else's perspective of football. And especially where I played like very, very semi, semi semi-amateur, semi-pro where everyone's different. And then like, I know I went into it and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for scholarships. I didn't want to go to university. Like I didn't want to go into university in the first place, but um like the whole, like I guess with mental health side of things, I, I really enjoyed playing football, especially in my first year because um, I went originally for school, but I also wanted to have kind of like that competitive nature, um, still playing some kind of sport. So I, I figured football would be a good spot for me, especially at Holland College because uh, they had a really good team and I knew I could you know play on it and get some time so I can just still compete. But it also, it, it, it had time set aside where every every night it was either, you know, it was practice, um practice late nights or if it was workouts or something, then I'd know I'd have to, you know, go to class from eight A. M. to four PM every day and then have like four to five thirty would be workouts and then five thirty to, you know, seven thirty would be trying to study or do homework or whatever I could or just relax for a bit whenever I could, then practice after that. So it almost like kept a good schedule for me personally because I know I'm very scattered and unorganized sometimes so right (laughs) and so trying to keep all that in check was actually it actually really helped and then you know Saturday games like going on buses and stuff you can get the get some homework done and
1: did you did you come on you guys get homework done on the bus
2: okay no but (laughs) but like I brought my books. But I pretended like I was going to, but For sure. yeah, every time you're like, "Yeah, yeah, um,
1: I'll get some work done."
2: But it does, you know, it does keep you keep your schedule in check because you know yeah. when you're gonna be, you know, partying after a win versus <laughs> probably partying when you lose too. <laughs> <laughs> College football,
1: baby! Yeah, um, I, I mean, talk a little bit more about kind of like the positive impact that football had on your mental health.
2: It's, um, I, the social part of it, I guess, just like because I, I, like, sometimes I think back and I wish I had, I I would have liked to have played basketball as well, or maybe played basketball instead. But then I think back to like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now with it if it weren't for the people I met, like, for what I did, and just just like you know, hearing kind of where they're from, like a lot of guys with a lot of different backgrounds and. It just, uh, you know, being able to socialize with people and being able to hang out with them, like on and off the field. It's, um, it's, it's, and I think mental health for me personally is it with friends, like you can kind of get their different perspective and just, you know, being able to socialize and be yourself around people is, yeah, is important. Yeah.
1: So let's pause it right there for a sec because I want to talk on something that Alistair just said. What? No, don't pause it to talk isn't about you. His perspective spirit. on mental health and mine are very similar. The more shared experiences you have, the more people you talk to, the more you can kind of connect with people just in your day-to-day life. It's a huge factor of mental health, and it's incredible to see how football was that for Alistair. Did you find that there was any kind of like drawbacks, uh, kind of like the flip side of the coin, I guess, from the positives? Did you find that there was any negatives associated with uh, with playing football at the college level and football itself?
2: I think uh, I think it's there's a lot of people get the notions that especially like with with our football team and there is a lot of negative news about the Holland College football team mm-hmm. um, there was there's just some there's some past people and some some people that I had played with that had had gotten in some trouble like with the law or with um, just like some sketchy things that was going on and and I felt like there was a lot of, you know, stigma behind college football players. So that didn't really help kind of any of us. And like, and I feel like I was more of like a low key guy. So it's, you know, kind of being attached to a, a, a having a bad rep. It was kind of, it was kind of, uh, you know, not fun to have, but, you know, it's, I think, I think we handled that pretty well for the most part for our team and the coaches, so for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean that like that's tough too, right? It's like you're going out to play the game that you guys love and and even in, in in East Coast college, you know what I mean, you're still putting up with that that bad reputation, you're putting up with kind of like this preconceived idea of like who, who football's players are, right?
2: Mm. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, as a receiver, as somebody who who is literally barreling down the field with guys just like zeroed in just trying to destroy you on a play like I want to know I want to know legitimately like when you're in a game what's going through your mind when your quarterback throws you a ball and you 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 see it in the air but you know where the defensive players are like what (laughs) like what's that mindset like
2: it's it's, um I I know it's definitely different from what like running backs and linemen go through because they're always hitting everyone and for wide receivers it's you might get three passes a game maybe sometimes and it's and you get that one pass that comes up in the air and you're you just like got the eye on the ball and and I mean I I have trust in my quarterback that they're not going to throw me a ball where there's a you know safety barreling down it's for ball, right? yeah. uh, but um I guess like it's just kind of I you you just kind of you're more focused on the ball I think if or anything like, you're just trying to go up and get it I mean I mean they're yeah, I've, I've seen people been completely smoked on a play where they're going to catch a ball or like just like on a you know, tip or something, but um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a physical game and you kind of just have to, you know, go every play and not think about getting injured while you, while you run these plays. And I think it, and, and a lot of people, they'll, um, they, they, they just keep going just because, you know, they love the game. They don't care if they're injured and if they do get injured, they'll just want to keep, keep on playing. And, um, and but you know, Concussions are scary things, but it's just it's just not something you really think about. I, I don't think while you're while you're out there, you don't want to just worry yourself while you're, you know, enjoying yourself at the same time. You know,
1: for sure. Well, I mean, and I think that the, like one of the reasons that injuries stick out so much to me uh, in the NFL and at like CFL and, and college level, university level, is like you know we look at like the NBA and stuff like that. We look at load management. We see these guys. Who are playing a sport that's much less physical it's still a physical game basketball but a sport that's much less physical who are taking you know game and time off to like heal their bodies but it seems mm. like football players it almost seems like there's a certain mentality around a football players specifically where it's like regardless of injury, like i'm going out there and like you know getting my keep like every single saturday or every single sunday yeah like, why do you think yeah
2: that? The, the the thing i think and the, it's it's a really good point that you bring up with that because um you do see you do see a lot of guys that you know they'll try to fight your injuries whether it's like concussion like i know and it's really easy for people to say oh like you're slightly concussed like don't like protect your brain protect your like everything and stuff like that but you know, for some guys who really want to you know get to the next level they really want to make plays like if you think for a receiver if you're taking if you're taking four games off um or whatever half a season that's your like full season it's your those are a lot of games there's a lot of film that you could be losing to try to get to the next level and that you couldn't get coaches because you're injured it might you know set you back and maybe that's not it, maybe it seems a little ridiculous to some people that you might lose a couple games on a highlight film but for some guys like they're really they're really trying to make it like it's just something they think about they don't want to be they don't want to put all of their hard work into lifting every day they don't want to be grinding their ass off in in the weight room on the field all day long just to be sidelined with an injury that that happened on one play. Like they want to just keep going, going, going. They want to just, you know, push through it, whether it's could hurt them more or not, but you know, it's, uh, and it's easier. I'm not going to say it's easier, but it's, you know, it's, it's tougher for for football players because they only have so many games in a season that where they can really have to, you know, show out to do their thing. And, and, I think that I, that's the way I think of it. At least, is for some of these guys. And from, like I know myself, like I injured and just like you know, put myself on the sideline. Like I wasn't worried about going too far. But there are guys right. who, you know, they 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 want that playing time and they need they need the uh, they need the snaps.
1: Um, I do want to take a chance to talk about how football has influenced what you do now. If you, uh, if you wouldn't mind enlightening, enlightening myself, enlightening the viewers on uh, kind of like this path of the past couple of years and uh, kind of like the mental aspect of transitioning from football into, uh, into a career in, you know, in sport.
2: Yes. I mean, so like when I, like going through high school, especially, I know, like, because I like basketball. I
1: going to take a quick second. Good old St. Stephen High School.
2: Good old St. Stephen High School. Yes, sir. Go Spartans. Um. yeah going through playing sports like pretty well all my life and you know watching watching you know the pros get these these really cool videos of themselves and making these big plays I I, I would literally have these visions of of or like dreams of me making you know a big shot at the buzzer or something or a big catch or a big hit or something and like in my head I'd be pictured putting Music over that hit or that catch yeah. or that three, and you know, the crowd going crazy, like slow motion video, like dramatic and stuff like that, and you know, it always like fired me up a little bit. And I just and there's all sorts of talent out here in the East Coast that that is just going unnoticed because there's no resources for these kids to have their game kind of you know broadcasted, I guess. So, so I said, like once I was done with football, I said I'm I might as well you know, start something, I can give it a shot. So I learned some, learned a bit about video editing, learned, you know, a little bit about videography and got a camera and stuff. And I just kind of, you know, I just kind of reached out, asked if anyone wanted some film and I went out to places and, you know, just kind of put my creative spirit that I had in my head from high school, you know, putting the, putting the, the, uh, the big plays over some music. That's amazing, and. Man. And, and and it's it was obvious that there was other people who were thinking about the exact same thing as me because when I started putting the stuff out, it's everyone just you know just kind of, I just kind of showed some love and I guess they just they they just had I guess yeah they just, they just had the same vision as me and it's it's really exciting for me to be able to uh, you know put my creative uh, mind into video production while also you know, benefiting other people. Um, from the video and for them to you know appreciate it but also be able to kind of show off their skills to other people where you they didn't really have that before
1: nice man so a you know football player creative kind of got uh got a lot of stuff going on um but uh you know i really appreciate you taking the time
2: gotcha brother i appreciate you having me
1: hey always I'll touch on some good points. You know, I'm a smart guy. Football players really don't get the recognition that they deserve as academics, of students, of sport. Think about the subtleties of football, something that we don't think about very often. How defensive players read a quarterback's hips, his legs, where his toes are pointed. How a quarterback has to check down, might change the play three or four times while he's up at the line of scrimmage. A wide receiver angling his body just ever so slightly so that they can make sure they get their feet in bounds while receiving a football. Hard counts trying to draw players offside... Running backs understanding that where the linebacker is positioned will influence whether the A or the B gap will be open on a run. And the list goes on and on and I on. Hope you're taking this down because he played one year of high school football. He knows this stuff. He's, he's, and not only that, but it's interesting to hear how these guys take advantage of every opportunity they have to showcase their skills. Limited schedule obviously plays a role, but to dive into this idea further into what creates and motivates a football player. I, of course, had to take the opportunity to talk to someone who understands how a background can influence how we perceive opportunities presented to us. Uh, talking about kind of transitioning from soccer to football. Sure. To, um, sure. And then, uh, yeah, well, you know, have to a little bit. Yeah. Enter Toronto we'll Argonauts to linebacker Nelkis Cuimo. An 18th overall pick in 2018, Nelkis was an OUA first-team All-Star and U-Sports first-team All-Canadian. And, you know, not only that, but he decided he was going to graduate with a civil engineering degree in four years. I mean, yeah, you could make the argument that the guys got it together. Nelkus' backstory and ascent into the pros was one of the more unique stories I had ever heard. Born in Paris, his family moved to Montreal when Nelkus was very young, where he would eventually be introduced to football during his teenage years. After proving to be a standout athlete with professional potential, he attended Kent's Hill Prep School in Maine before moving to Kingston, Ontario to join the Queen's Gales and pursue a civil engineering degree.
3: The biggest thing has been uh, being able to adapt to change. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I didn't stay long in Paris. We moved to Montreal pretty early in my life, when I was five, six months old. Mm -hmm. So uh, just growing up in Montreal, you know, playing soccer first. You know, uh, with my Cameroon background, soccer's a huge deal in Cameroon. And getting into football later on in my life, and changing schools and stuff like that, meeting new people, Mm -hmm. uh, learning from different uh, experiences. And the biggest thing has been adapting to change. So with football. I use the same skills I've been learning by balancing around and just keep, keep taking different experiences in and taking the best and what I learned from different things and try to use it to, to better my life and, mm. and myself as a football player. For sure. I mean, so often, like, you see football players who they kind of started with PB football and they grew all the way up through, but uh, soccer was kind of like the first, like, athletic love in your life. Right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, we we're, we're, were truly a soccer family. Uh, mm. uh, myself, my two brothers, and um, even my sister started by playing nice. soccer. And still to this day, you know, we're big soccer fans, whether we were a soccer family, but we've all transitioned to football. Yeah. Both my brothers play football now, and uh, my parents are uh, at most of our football games, and we've all, it's funny how the whole family shifted to a, a strong passion for football. For sure. Yeah. Do you think that was based
1: kind of more on that, like, family dynamic? Like, what do you think kind of, like, spurred on this this transition to football? Was well, it just kind of, like, this natural kind of progression, yeah, well, I guess?
3: Yeah, being in Canada and North America, you know, football's a bigger... Um, Deal here mm-hmm. than it is anywhere else in the world. Sure. So my parents didn't have that experience coming from either France or Cameroon. Right. Uh, so it was. It's definitely been a new thing for them. Uh, as far as us, I learned at uh, recess in elementary school. Uh, you know, in third grade, fourth grade, you know, that's recess where mm-hmm. stuff goes down, yeah, lunch said. breaks, and uh, I really fell in love with the game uh, in elementary school. I played it more seriously starting in high school when I was like 16 17 cool. at quarterback. And uh, it wasn't until prep school that I started playing linebacker. And uh, my brothers also, you know, when you're the eldest of four, you know, you kind of, whatever path you decide to go on, uh, your your siblings kind of follow suit. So my brothers got into it as well, and uh, they're doing really well at the sport as well. And uh, we we all kind of took in the sport and just all fell in love with it. And then after Tens Hill, um, you go to uh, to Queens,
1: four years, civil engineering degree, uh, first team all-star, you're an all-Canadian. That's uh, you know I'm barely balancing a workload and this is you know this is what I'm doing. Let alone a civil engineering degree and uh, being an all-star football player. Like where did that
3: balance come in for You, uh, you know it, it's one of those things where when you don't realize you know when you're just focused on task at hand, you're not taking a big picture and how like how crazy it is what you're doing. You yeah. Know, I was just I just knew I had eight thirty M lecture on Monday and I had uh, team meeting at three thirty mm-hmm. and I had practice at four thirty. We got game day on Saturday. You know, when you look at things just one at a time, yeah. you're not taking how wild the whole thing is. Sure. I definitely was tired, you know, I would definitely uh, need some breaks here and there, but it wasn't, when I say it's not impossible, it's not like it was just a big thing to me. It was just like, okay, well this is the life I chose, I took this degree, I got to do this, and I chose to play football, I got to do this, and it just all happened the way it did. You know, I had a lot of people there to support me and help me through the process. Nice. Uh, great coaches, great teammates. Uh, great profs, assistant teachers, uh, sorry, teaching assistants, TAs, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you, you got to have all the tools there to help you uh, accomplish something like this. Sure. And, uh, that's what I had, and I'm grateful for it. That's
1: awesome. And I mean, like that's the thing too, is we talk so often about mental health in school mm-hmm. because so many people kind of fall into that trap of being overwhelmed and not being able to take it one day at a time. That's right. uh, and that's something that we talk about, you know, so much uh, at Ryerson through this this project, this podcast. Uh, is the idea of kind of finding balance and being able to kind of have that support system in place yeah. and having all of the, the tools available to you. Um, has that always kind of been the mentality that you've had, taking it one day at a time, kind of one play at a time? Has there ever been that look forward and look back and getting caught up in those moments?
3: Well, it's funny you say that. I'm reading a book called The Power of Now okay. by Eckhart Tolle, and it's, it's the biggest thing where um, whenever we think about the past or the future, you can get lost in, in the present moment. You yeah. know, the present moment is all you have and it's all that matters. So when you think about that, and you have an assignment due tomorrow, mm-hmm. all that matters is that assignment. You got to get done right now, and mm-hmm. you got to done for tomorrow. You got practice at 4:30. All that matters is that practice. When you get done that practice, you can figure out what I'm going to eat, mm-hmm. how to make it, when to make it. Then uh, the lectures you got tomorrow morning, you can figure all that stuff out. You know, I could I could easily sat there and said, man, I have seven courses now, eight courses in the winter. What am I going to do? I got football, I got combine, I got all this stuff. You know, and, yeah. and then you fall. That's the mental side where you talk and go mental health is to be present, you yeah. know, be here right now, and focus on what you have to do right now. And let the future come when it comes.
1: You know? All right, let's pause it again there. No. No, is this going to be a thing? Are you serious? What Nelka's just talked about is honestly one of my favorite ways to look at addressing mental health and addressing the stresses in your life. This one play at a time mentality kind of like prioritizing what's most important and not really worrying about the other stuff focusing your energy on one thing at a time i think it's hugely important and i think if anyone shows that it's a successful way of managing your mental health and i guess your life in general i think nelcus is a, yeah, he's a pretty good example was that was that instilled through your family or through coaching or was that just something that you were born with that, that was always your mentality
3: well when you talk about um, things that i'm born with is so a lot of my what I've learned has been from my parents, mm-hmm. as far as the work ethic goes. You know, because it was still very demanding stuff. But I watched my, both my mom and my dad grind out yeah. my whole life. You know, they've always been working, never complained about it, and doing everything they can to provide for us. So as far as what I'm learning, a lot of it came from them and their work. So who am I now to take their work and just be a slacker? You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm gonna I'm gonna double that and honor their sacrifices by putting my best effort forward and doing what I can. And uh, as far as being where my feet are, that's something that I've learned through uh, coaches that I've had, you know what I mean, uh, um, people, mentors, and just uh, any kind of good advice I've been getting around from people is always just focus on the present moment. Football, you always talk about short-term memory. Yeah. You make a bad play, forget about it, yeah. move on. To, the worst thing you do is make a bad play, and then the next play is like, just lose the rest. Come on, that. man. Yeah. Like, you got to let go of that. Same with the good play. Mm-hmm. You make a great play, forget about it, on to the next one. That doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the biggest thing. I think that that's, you know, such a great message for I
1: think anyone and again it kind of all comes back to that same moment same pressure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I know for you you came into the league uh, the 18th overall pick in in 2018. Uh, came in with uh, obviously some incredible accolades at Queens, a lot of high expectations. Uh, and then uh, you had your injury the shoulder separation. That's right. And Are you did a good job. Listen, I try. I do my finish. best. <laughs> Was that when you kind of went through that process? Like yeah, right. you know, you come in, you, you're finally you you, uh, you hit this this point, this this level of success. You've gotten to, to the pros. You're you here. Uh, it's kind of like that start of a new journey, and all of a sudden you have something that derails uh, that that yeah. start point. Um,
3: how did you approach that from a mental standpoint? Because I know that that could have been easy. Yeah. So this is a good mental question. Um, you're coming in as a rookie, and uh, you know you get put on what we call six game injury list six-game injury list is when a player um, is still active in the sense that he's a member of the team mm-hmm. and getting paid, right. but he's not uh, playing the football games. And as a rookie, getting that is kind of like it's it's you know it's a, it's a kudos, like good job for getting not good right. job, but usually a rookie can get can get cut yeah, very easily, sure, especially in the rookie year if you get hurt, they, they don't have to keep you. Mm-hmm. And for me, getting that was kind of like okay, it's a show of respect and all that stuff, but it's like it's easy for me to get in my own head and say, well. Some, Maybe some people think I'm not deserving of it, or whatever. I haven't right. done much yet yeah. as a rookie, already being put on sixteen, all that stuff, and not having played games until August. None my first game was August 15th or something. Mm. And I'm just coming into work every day, going into meetings, but not actually practicing. Mm. And I got to be silent from the start of the season. That was very tough for me, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a challenging moment for me to kind of realize, okay, um, you're still you know they drafted you're still yeah. you're still the guy. That did all that stuff. But you got almost like reconvince yourself that you you are who you think you right. are. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you can easily start thinking like lose confidence in yourself, all that yeah. stuff, and think the pros are bigger than what it is. It's still a professional football league, and it's a big deal. But you are you got to remember also that you are. You know what I mean? Like a a good football player. Yeah. He brought you here for a reason, and uh, you'll get back from this injury, and you will prove you know mm-hmm. that you're here for. And I, and I did that, but it was more it was more when you're hurt. In any league it's never easy yeah especially in the pros because when you're hurt a bunch of things now go out the window and uh, your, your your future is no longer as solid as it used to be right you know so you got to really dig in and uh, and uh, lean on your support system people that are there for you you yeah. know that are supporting you with your rehab with your um, personal mental health you know your yeah. either your, your family you know your, your closest friends mm. and I had that and I'm very grateful for that mm. and uh, I when you have also faith, a big part of football is faith, mm-hmm. and uh, if we're going to speak about this, i, I got to speak about fear, because so. to me, uh, we have Bible study here once a week, okay. and we have chapel and game days, and uh, for us to kind of dig into our spiritual uh, you know, side of what makes us do what we do, yeah. helps, us, helps us a lot on the football side. Mm-hmm. For me, when I, when I dig into my faith, it helps me be fearless as far as football goes, uh, you can play you know any game could be your last game and when you know that going in mm-hmm. it takes a lot for you to kind of just okay no matter what happens today leave it all on the field but yeah. the faith allows you to just you know believe in something bigger than what we're doing here so mm-hmm. like all of that together helped me get through that time.
1: Nelk has touched on so many incredible incredible points super well spoken the guy was absolutely incredible to sit down with him to have the opportunity to pick his brain about mental health Really was an eye opening experience for me, honestly, because I knew that athletes are obviously more than athletes. But to see the depth of the mental journey and the mental preparation firsthand from a pro athlete like Nelkis was, was incredible. Two things that stood out to me the most uh, in the interview. One of the points Alistair had actually touched on earlier about this kind of rent is due every day and you never know what play might be your last. Having Nelkis echo that point really hit it home for me because for these guys to put their bodies on the line, to put their, mind, their heads on the line any given day of the week, because it's a sport that they love and they're you know, supporting their families, they're supporting themselves. This is way more than just a game for so many people. This is their life. It's their lifestyle. That was really impactful for me. And the other thing was having pillars in your life, because when you're going through your day to day life and you're going through your mental journey or maybe your mental struggles, having people and things around you that you can fall back on. In Nelka's case, family and faith play a huge role in this. Having pillars in your life that can support you in times of, you know, needing support is incredibly important. And setting up those pillars and having that structure in place is absolutely invaluable in the world of mental health. Before we wrap this chapter in the book of mental health, the book of Life's A Wreck, talking about football, there was one more person that I wanted to talk to, and that was
4: Dakota Prukot. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know uh, because I don't watch too much media during the season. So I kind of try and, once the season starts, I'm trying to go... Uh, incognito and sure, you know, yeah, just keep yeah. my mind on the game the so to answer your question line, yeah. we are students of the game you know heavy students of the game um i think your most successful players are students of the game And i think uh with social media in today's world i think that's shed a lot of light on it so i, I do think the general public has uh more of an appreciation of the mental side uh, of what goes into preparing each uh, each week so uh but I don't know, that's a hard because, you know, I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased in that area. I hope sure. all of you guys know how how much we prepare and all yeah.
1: that. Well, how much do you guys? for people who wouldn't necessarily have a you know,
4: every. Born
1: in Austin, Texas, Dakota was a standout quarterback and all-around athlete in his youth. After high school, he attended Montana State before transferring to Oregon in his fourth year to play quarterback for the Ducks. After Oregon, Dakota came north of the border and signed with the Toronto Argonauts in 2017. And just, you know, in case I forget to mention, he got an economics degree in three and a half years at Montana State. So between him and Nelkis, there's some
4: serious mental power on the hey, podcast. Hey, Kyle, take some notes, eh? And, uh, you know, you're leaving the office around 6 o'clock, 7 right. o'clock, I guess, on average. It makes for some long days. Yeah, long sure. days, but it doesn't feel like work. And that's a, I think that's a common uh, theme among the successful quarterbacks in the league. You know, I had a chance to be in a quarterback room where there was Ricky Ray, Anthony Calvillo, and Mark Tressman. Uh, my second year here. Uh, so that was cool, and it really set the tone of, like, hey, this is the amount of work it takes to right. be great. So um, it was a cool experience.
1: For sure. I mean, as a quarterback, too, the, the, I guess, educational side of it, that having to learn something new, completely new, forgetting it mm-hmm. last week, moving to this week yeah. on a weekly basis— Like, what kind of toll does that take? Like, what kind of mental, I guess, focus does this take to have this week-by-week mentality of forgetting, learning, forgetting, learning, forgetting, learning? That's, I mean, as a student, that sounds exhausting.
4: That's a great great question. Um, It's funny you asked that because, you know, I was having a conversation earlier, actually today, and... Uh, Someone's talking about you know oh you know you need some rest and relaxation for your body yeah. and I'm like yeah the body but really it's the it's the mental side of it and the emotional side of it. By the end of the season, whether it be a you know season full of wins or losses, yeah. you're emotionally drained. Totally. Uh, and you know it takes a lot each week to kind of you know revamp and get ready and you rise up, get ready for the game, play the game, and then you crash down. You got to revamp and so but. After a while, you know, in the middle of the season, you kind of get into this ebb and flow and get used to the process. Uh, but the biggest thing I've noticed that helps that whole process is having, like, a disciplined schedule. And so, you, and so the way we structure um, the week is we call, you know, instead of, like, on a Monday, Tuesday... Wednesday, you're doing you know this. It's you got a day zero, a day one, a day two, a day three, and a day four is usually game day, or a right. day five is game day. Right. It depends on the week, you know what, uh, you know how short it is or how long it is. Mm-hmm. So um, having that disciplined schedule gives you a set routine and a set process that you know hopefully you're winning. So it's a tried and true process, right. and you know you can. It's not like one week I'm just. You know, you're not going in there, you got to go in there with a plan. Definitely. So every day when you're going into the office, and when I say the office like the film room, yeah. and, you know, all the, you know, studying, you have a plan like on day 1 I'm going to break down first and 10 and I'm going to draw draw out, you know, 50% of the plays and I'm going to go through all my reads, you know. Mm-hmm. On day 2 I'm going to go second and second and long right. and I'm going to finish the other, you know, f- other 50% of the drawings, you know, do the reads one more time. so you know etc so just having a disciplined, tried and true process that you can go back to each week and uh, for me personally if i can write it down on a schedule and i can have everything written out for the day and at the end of the day i can make sure everything's crossed off then i can feel good and i can go to bed and get ready for the next day and then you know by saturday it's you got all the confidence in the world because you're like I did everything I needed to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. I know this is what i got to do to be successful. Right. Then you can relax and just go play football. Right. You don't that's have right. to, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being in the locker room on game day being like, all right, like, you know, am I ready? You know, ready. do I, yeah, yeah. so, you know, you just try and eliminate that, you know, preparation is your best friend as a quarterback. Sure.
1: And I mean, I think that that's like kind of a great lesson to live by in life too. Having this kind mm-hmm. of schedule, being able to Absolutely. meet this routine. Do you find that outside of football you kind of follow that as well?
4: Yeah, yeah, and it's like every off season, uh, my my roommate, uh, his name's Jimmy Ralph, and he's one of the most disciplined and structured dudes I know. And and he said something, uh, he said something to me that's always going to stick with me. And he's like, every off season, he he's realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're going to make these massive monumental changes totally. and yeah. you become a new person in one off. You know, right. so he picks one thing every off season to add to his schedule, cool. to his daily practice of yeah. becoming, you know, the best version of himself, and uh, I think that's, like, a beautiful way to go about it, to be realistic, and, you yeah. know, so, you know, this year for me personally, I got into yoga to help keep nice. my body, you know, make it through the whole season, for sure. so just, uh, you know, everything, and, like, if I, if I was talking to, like, a high school athlete, and the first thing, you know, he's like, oh, what do I got to do to be a pro, the first thing I'm going to tell him, like, do you get eight to nine hours of sleep every night? Like that'd be my first question, and really? most of them are gonna lie and say, "Yeah." Most of I know with cell phones, these kids aren't getting that sleep because no. back when we had, uh, when I had a flip phone, that all you could do oh. was text. I still wasn't getting that much yeah, sleep, you know. No. So it's like, I you know, if if I could break it down for kids or for people in general, I'd like start, you know, with the baby steps. But really, it's like the most important things, yeah. like sleep, water, nutrition, and. uh breathing it's the that's... fourth which is the weird one but that that comes from yoga so
1: can you imagine being a professional quarterback and you've got 300 pound linemen barreling down on you in the pocket no no i i, I don't that's why i want to listen to him and you're worried about, about breathing like what dakota's talking about is first of all incredible but second of all he's talking about doing the little things to better your mental health and i really love that sentiment because so often in life we focus on these big big things how we can make these drastic changes But when you can make minor changes that have a gradual positive
4: impact, it puts you at a huge advantage when tackling adversity in your life. This is all new stuff to me. Um, I've been introduced to uh, through some of my teammates mm-hmm. we got guys you walk in the locker room and pregame you got guys laying on the floor doing all sorts of breathing and stuff and just opening up your body it's crazy i yeah. can't tell you the science about it but uh but it looks yeah. damn cool, google it uh, yeah, google yeah. it try some of it go on youtube you know look at some of breath work and yeah. and and just and what it does for your blood pressure what it does for your your mental health for your physical health um, it can really help, and it's helped me. So.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, there's a brain gym in Toronto that like only focuses, or like one of the things that they focus on is breathwork. Really, and uh, I'll have to
4: after the yeah, I'm gonna tonight, have to check that time, out.
1: I, yeah. I tried it for the first time uh, a little bit ago, and uh, they do this like power breathing thing. You just yeah. lay down on the ground, yeah. Yeah. and you do those really quick breaths. That's and it. That's note, it. Yeah. And you leave feeling like they they ex, they explain it like uh, you know you you'll leave feeling like you kind of had like this weird high. Yeah, you're it's like, like a natural is, high. Yeah, work. Like you it, know, I mean, the like oxygen.
4: Yeah, like putting oxygen in your body. Oxygenating your like, yeah. oxygen. In your body. I know exactly what you're your talking blood, blood. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I've yeah. I tried that. I had a buddy on my team, Declan Cross, and he's like, okay. "You got to try
3: this. You got to yeah. try this."
4: Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and we were on a road trip, and he actually came into my hotel room. I'm like, "All right, what what are you doing here?" Yeah. And he walked me through it, and, yeah, it's, like, I do it before bed. It's yeah, it's awesome.
3: Yeah,
1: for sure. Is, uh, so, obviously, breath work is a huge, huge part of your, your routine. Uh, is there anything else kind of, like, that stands out in your mind of this is something that's, that's been crucial to getting me to where I am now, whether it's kind of, like, these, these pillars of being able to fall back if I'm mean, in these, you know, you talk about riding mm-hmm. the wave, you're kind of in these little down parts, things mm-hmm. that you can kind of fall back on to kind of give you that support, whether it's from yourself or the, from the people around you.
4: Yeah, um, getting away from football. Uh, I, you know, I have the, whatever you want to call it. I, I have the gene that makes you just want to just go a hundred miles per hour nonstop yeah. and cram yeah. and, and you'll, I'll catch myself, you know, it's like a day before the game and I'm still in the film room right. and, and you got to give yourself time away. You got to kind of let yourself reboot. And so going back to that, that discipline schedule and that tried and true process that yeah. you, you go through weekend and week out you know, setting time for like, okay, you know, the day before the game, I'm going to, you know, finish my play call sheet in terms of like how I would call the first 20, 30 plays. Mm -hmm. And then after that's done, you just go home, watch a movie, relax, spend time with your family, Mm -hmm. you know, day you know, after the game, you're with your family, day after the game, you're with your family. Just you got to get away from it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because, and that's, I mean, it's one thing if, you know, you're winning every game, it's so easy to, but that's not realistic. You know, over the course of your whole career, you're just not going to win every Always. game. So um, being able to reset, kind of refresh, and that kind of gives you that. So that way it's, you know, to correlate it to a regular work week, you don't feel like every, you know, going into every week like, ah, oh, it's a Monday right. and you're dragging on yeah. Monday. Because yeah. you got to start the week off strong sure. in football because you win the game during the week. So just having a, a, a process and a method or things to do that, you know you can give your, you know, give your mind a break, and so when you do hit the ground, so that you can hit the ground running yeah. uh, when you get back into the week. So one of the best pieces of advice I ever got uh, from one of my college coaches, Tim, Tim Cramsey, he would say, uh, play with emotion, but don't let emotion play with you. Nice. And, and that's huge for the quarterback position, yeah. because if, if you're getting so riled up, whether it be you're getting overwhelmed by success mm-hmm. or you're getting consumed by failure, if you're one of these guys during the game, it's just you know guys can't rally around that. So you, I mean, I'm, I used to watch Ricky Ray in, in 2017, and whether he scored a touchdown or it was two and out, he'd go and sit in the same position on the bench, and he'd sit down, take his helmet off, and kind of just sit, <laughs> sit there, and he was thinking. He was yeah. just so chill yeah. all the time, uh, and that's what you need out of a quarterback. Uh, you know, and every position's different. You know, you need, you know, I, I want my defensive linemen to be high-wired guys, yeah. you know, but uh, it can't be to the point that they're so high-wired that you can get them, you know, you can catch them jumping off sides all the time. Right. Yeah, and so and then you can kind of take that into, you know, your week and, and uh, or month by month, you know. You just, you can't, I mean, you can't be overwhelmed by success or consumed by your failure. That was advice I always got from my father. So just trying to stay even keel and, you know, take it for what it is. At the end of the day, it's a game. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, uh, you know, we're lucky to be playing. It's a game. We're lucky to be playing it. Yeah. So I think when... Uh, you can really put that in perspective and you have that mind, that mindset of uh, gratefulness and that, you know, attitude of gratitude for just even being able to play a game, and getting paid to play a game. Yeah. When you really keep that in perspective, I think, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I, I love this idea of kind of like that, that perspective, because yeah. I think so often, whether it's, you know, something like this, you get yeah. so caught up in the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get so caught up in the like whether it's like projects or you know these due dates and stuff like that yeah yeah. but uh in life in general and especially as students i know that uh you know we constantly get caught up in this this idea of it's everything's bigger yeah everything's so big but then when you have that opportunity to boil it down and you say like you know this is just like there's an opportunity to grow an opportunity to learn and i think that that i mean in football it seems like that's kind of every play for a quarterback it seems this opportunity to to take something new from it
4: no exactly Yeah. yeah it's it correlates and that's 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 uh, one of the reasons I feel so blessed to go to play this game. It's like you go in every day to practice and you start off with a team meeting and you're getting like a life talk. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, uh, whether it be like a friend or like talking with my brother and maybe if they you know, were saying something and I'm like, oh, you can't be thinking like that. You know? yeah. And I'd kind of get frustrated. And then like, you know, as I got older, I, you know, I could take a step back and be like, look, I'm in a position where I go into work every day and, uh, we start the day off with, I got a coach giving me kind of a life lesson every yeah. day. It's like when, you know, when you're going to school, you are not walk into your class and your yeah. professor's asking you how you're doing yeah. and you're talking about life exactly. and, you know, the, you know, how important it some is are, for the, yeah, some yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, philosophy class or something, totally, right? yeah, exactly. but, uh, you know, just, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky, you know, we are so lucky to be able to be in an environment where. We're, you know, uh, surrounded by people that care for you not only as a player but a person. And you got coaches trying to lead you not only to become a better player but to become a better person. Because at at the end of the day, if you want to have a good football team, the team's got to rally around the coach. Mm -hmm. If the team's going to rally around the coach, uh, they got to feel like the coach cares about them. And no one, no one wants to know how much you know until they know how much you care. So if the coach, if you got a coach, you feel like he doesn't care about you you're going to go deaf because you're like oh that guy doesn't care about me he's not right. talking to me you know yeah. so the you know the best coaches are the ones that can really connect with the players and make them feel like, you know, make them feel important, and the player really believes, okay, this guy wants what's best for me. Yeah. And when you got that kind of feel in the room, then guys are going to play harder. They're going to play for the guy next to them, play for the guy coaching them, mm-hmm. and that's where you get those really cool, you know, magical nice. seasons yeah. and stuff like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Where everything just kind of clicks.
4: Yeah, it just clicks, and it just starts so. becoming easy, and, it, you know, or the the perception is, you know, it becomes easy.
1: So. Yeah. As a quarterback, you're dealing with media. You're dealing with, uh, you know, quarterback battles, all that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah.
1: How is this, uh, you know, how is a mentality that's been was set in childhood or, you know, kind of coming up through, how has it led to this point? Yeah,
4: I mean, it's hard to point to, you know, spec, you know, a specific thing sure. that has oh, gotten yeah. me here, but, um, you know, I have such a great support system in my family and in my fiancé, uh, you know, my my faith. I'm a strong believer uh, in Jesus Christ, and that's like, and and then I have a big rule of no media, so... Because if you're riding the media, uh, you know it's great when things are going well. Right. But if you're reading that stuff, yeah. as soon as things are going bad, you know that that'll. I don't care how strong you are. If you're reading article after article about how you shouldn't be playing with it, it gets yeah. in your head. Totally. So really, really uh, being selective with what you put in your head, mm-hmm. you know, like thoughts become actions, actions become character. That whole yeah. that whole deal. Character becomes your life, right? So just being careful of what you're putting in your, you know, putting in your ears or what you're seeing and really controlling, uh, really controlling that, you know, the input so that the output is how, you, you know, what you want to manifest. Yeah. But it really my support system, man, because uh, things, you know, I've had rough times. I've had like down times, but I've had such solid people there with me that when I am feeling down, it's like, yo, like I, yeah, I remember conversations, I remember at Montana State, I was in this quarterback battle for like a year and a half. Right. And I used to get so down sometimes, like, I don't know, man, if I could do this. Yeah. And finally, I remember one time my dad was just like, dude, like, like you're being soft. Like, right. you know, he had to yeah. check me. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes he's there, you know, he'll be there for me to vent. And mm-hmm. sometimes he just checked me. Like, yeah. dude, no. Right. like, that Come on. That's like, huge... you know you're better than that. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't think like that. And mm-hmm. so just having right. someone, yeah, uh, you know, having people you can trust. That's like sure. the biggest thing in life. You can have some people you trust that know they have your best interest at heart. And if you can have, like, you can find one, if you can find one person like that, two two people like that in this world, no, you can count yourself blessed. Yeah. Nice, man. I love yeah.
1: that. I love that. Because, I mean, I think that it's so easy once in a while to kind of, uh, actually, it's funny. I, my roommate the other day, uh, we were talking, and uh, we were actually, like, working on this project a little bit. Yeah. And I was being really, like, you know, scrutinizing every, oh, like, yeah. little detail. And I was kind of saying, oh, I don't like how I did this, I don't like how I did that. And he's like... Uh, He's like, man, like you can't look at yourself through such a critical yeah. lens. And then uh, we ended up getting into a conversation about just this critical assessment of yourself. When you talk about social media 100%. discipline and stuff, he was kind of, you know, he had a he had a line that was along the lines of, um, you see yourself through the critical lens of the people you deem able to criticize you. That's and beautiful. He's like, and, yeah. yeah and that's was, it beautiful. It was kind of because I mean, this kid like not a philosopher by any means, but when he pulled this out, I was
4: like, that's a nugget, a, man. That's Everyone's great, got nuggets. Great. That's a yeah. great
1: quote. And I was like, it's so true, and I feel like that plays such a role in sports and football in general because you do have these talking heads saying this is who this guy is this is who you know we know who this guy is blah blah, blah, blah. and uh and at the end of the day to have that resilience of saying like i know who i am that's confidence like i think that's huge
4: i mean that was great uh it's it's human nature's crazy we're the only like let's let's call ourselves uh we're the only mammal Mm -hmm. that pays for mistakes more than once so any other like, you know, animal in the animal kingdom like whatever, they mess up. The lion doesn't get the zebra or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, he doesn't yeah. eat. He doesn't, it's not like the lion two days later or is like, sal- "Ah, I would have caught that yeah, zebra, yeah. you know." And but you know, as humans, uh, you know, a quarterback you throw a pick and then yeah. you're you're pissed you threw the pick and then you get to the sideline and you're like, "Ah, I can't believe I threw that pick." And then you're looking at your teammates thinking like, "Oh, they're probably mad I threw the pick." Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at your coach, "Oh, he's probably mad I threw the pick." And then now you get home and you're uh, like, I wonder if, you know, my family is mad that I threw the the, pit. And just right in there and just talking about it, you've already paid the price for throwing that interception like six or seven times. And by the, you know, let's say you can't wash things by next game, by the next game day, you've spent. Like days. hours, yeah. days, yeah. thinking about the mistakes you've made, right. and we just sit there and constantly punish ourselves for mistakes made, and for sure. and that'll build up. You know, that'll build up, and there's only so much everyone can handle. There's a breaking point, yeah. and uh, so being able to, you know, put things in perspective, like, mm-hmm. yeah, do it big. You know, yeah. all right, yeah. now let's go throw touchdown. a touchdown. Qu- yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. so a and I, I remember I had a big, I had a big moment uh, uh that kind of situation uh, when I was at Montana State. Okay. I don't know, like game four, maybe game five, first season I'm starting. I um, have a huge game playing a, a ranked opponent. Mm-hmm. And my first, I remember this as my first, maybe it was my second play. It's a cool story if I say it was my first play. Gotcha. First play of the game, I threw a, a pick six to the house. I just turned around, tried to throw a hitch route out there. Corner, just been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And the week prior, we'd thrown a bunch of, you know, corner soft, just throw a five-yard hitch. Right. Corner jumps at picks it, takes it to the house. And I was like, whoa, like that's never happened. I've never started a game with a pick six, you know. And uh, and being an athlete, you know, I I wasn't too risky with the ball. If it was hazy, I'd just run, you know. So I, I didn't have too many picks. And I, excuse me, I started the game with a pick six. And I remember going to the sideline. I was kind of laughing at myself, like, "Wow, like yeah. this is like the moment." Like, well, and yeah. I? I've always said, like, I can wash yeah. things. Like, let's yeah. see what this is about, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. all right, let's see what it's I'm about. Right. Let's see if you know I can, you know, uh, put my uh, money where my mouth is. Yeah. And and uh, it ended up being a really good game. Right. And We ended up winning, like, in the game kind of situation. So then I was like, all right, yeah, like yeah, I'm not fake. A bit, I'm not right? fake. Yeah. Exactly. yeah.
1: This episode was supposed to be about 45 minutes, but as you guys can see, it's sitting at about an hour. I just couldn't cut these guys off. Editing this was so incredibly tough because everything that these guys were saying not only applied to football, but applied to life in general. And I thought that this is what I want Life's Rec to be, a collective shared experience and bringing it together into one ugly little package. Dakota had so many incredible things to say. Um, It would take me forever to go through all of them. But to close the interview, I asked him, what's one piece of advice you would give to maybe somebody kind of going through a tough time? And keeping with a bit of a theme today, his advice couldn't have been more fitting.
4: You know, being in the present moment. Yeah. That's kind of like turning into a cliche thing, like, oh, be present, you know? Yeah. But if you really think about it, so where does anxiety come from? Where does, like, fear and anxiety come from? It comes from your, your mind being in the future. If you're always thinking about the future and what's to come or what's not going to happen or this or that, you're living in fear, you're living in anxiety... you're you're worrying that's where worry comes from the future right uh where uh if your if your mind's in the past you're living regret usually or you're you know you're reflecting on things i'm not saying it's bad uh you can't reflect but yeah i'm saying like if you're living in the past uh you know that's where the you know you're judging yourself right you're 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 reliving mistakes you're reliving oh i should have done this i should have done that so these two places are places that you know a lot of people when you talk about mental health and people uh dealing with depression or anxiety or this and that now i'm no expert in that field and i've been lucky enough to where i haven't dealt too much with that you know of course i have you know i have i've had my adversities in life but i do know that the more i can stay in the present moment and not be worried about what's about to happen or or this or that in the future or what already happened the more i can be in the present moment just observing um and being grateful uh so uh, i mean that's when i'm at my happiest so yeah. you know being present and, and being grateful because i think that i mean they go in the same because if you're i'm sitting in this moment like yeah. i've never met you kyle we're sitting here getting to talk you know rap about you know all the favorite things you know uh, we get, we're talking sports we're talking you know the ups and downs of life yeah. we're, you know, life advice you're already, you've given me nuggets your roommate who i never met has given me nuggets yeah. you know yeah. so like how cool is that that we're sitting here getting to connect I we're getting to learn we're time getting time to grow. And, but if I'm sitting here thinking like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I gotta, you know, pack my car and I'm yeah. driving back to Texas tomorrow, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm not here in the moment, you know, I'm worried. Yeah, right. Or if I'm thinking like, man, like that flight that I was on earlier today, like that was a drag, right. you know, I'm tired. Then I'm, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't have caught the nugget. I wouldn't have been able to absorb yeah. it, you know, I'm, right. I'm, you know, my mind's in another place. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, like, you know, I hope, you know, one day when I'm a father, I can just communicate to my kids like, just be here, yeah. just be here.
1: after everything we've talked about today with mental health and football hearing from these athletes these incredible incredible people about their experience with mental health their experience with mental health and football I think that one of my biggest takeaways is one play at a time be in the present moment and it wouldn't be life's a Rec season two if I didn't start it off with a challenge and this one is uh this one's pretty easy on the toes of you know Dakota Nelkus and Alistair talking about, about what they talked about take one day this week one time this week just one moment and be completely, utterly just present there, centered. And I know that's tough because especially right now, trust me, I am knee deep in papers and exams and worried about all that kind of stuff. But and trust me, the kid is struggling. GPA sinking like a rock. Take some time just to, to do your thing, to be you, to be 100% present. And I think that's a great way to start off season two. I want to thank Alistair, Nelkus, Dakota, all for taking the time to sit down with me uh, to, to put together this project, to, to kick off season two with an absolute bang. It's been an absolute blast. Make sure to go follow them. Alistair at All Eyes East on uh, Instagram, Dakota at DakotaP9, and Nelkus at Quimo. Nelk that's N E L K W E M O. All on Instagram. Make sure to show them some love, guys. And uh, as I'm sitting here, I'm just kind of thinking, life's a wreck. So is football. Season two.